0: and now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. Welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors, everyone. Rochelle Vanderzanden here with Corey Janoff.
1: Hey.
0: Awesome. We had a guest last time. Today it's just the two of us, but we're going to talk about some exciting student loan happenings. I think everyone has been waiting the entire summer to figure out what is going to happen next with student loans. And finally, we have some answers. Today is August 25th when we're recording. It'll probably be a couple days from now when we are published. But on the 24th of August, President Biden announced some updates to the student loan program. Um, Most importantly, probably for a lot of our listeners, when that forbearance is likely to end at this point, it seemed pretty clear that it was not going to be the end of August, but no one knew when that new date would be. And now it has been pushed out until the end of December. So that'll be a big thing. But there were a few other things that were built into that, including some broad student loan forgiveness. That's going to be really important for a lot of people. And just there's some other things that we wanted to refresh um, especially like the the temporary waiver for PSLF that's expiring at the end of October. We wanted to make sure we touched on that as well just because that deadline is also looming. So we're going to go through a lot of the new changes, some of that, um, the you know, just reiterating some of the stuff that has to do with that temporary waiver that's going to be over soon and just going through a lot of details. A lot of this stuff is still in the works. It seems like some of the... You know, the implementation part of it is still to be announced, like the application to actually apply to have some amount of loans forgiven and all of that kind of piece. So there will be more information over time. But right now we're just going to talk about the the broad strokes of what this new program looks like. Corey, anything to add?
1: Other than all the stuff we teased at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. No. All the but, stuff. Yeah, like you said, you know, the. in case you haven't heard the COVID Forbearance, whatever you want to call it, zero payments at zero interest was supposed to end here uh, at the end of August. It's now been extended to the end of December. So another, what is that, four or five months of um, no payments, which is great. Helps a lot of people out. Um, and those $0 payments still count towards the 120 required payments to achieving public service loan forgiveness. So we've essentially gotten Almost by the end of this, almost three years worth of zero dollar payments that count towards PSLF, which is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. The uh, other thing that you know has been chatted about ever since the the campaign trail for the Biden administration was just loan forgiveness for everyone. Um, It's not quite for everyone, and not all of your loans are getting forgiven. But uh, ten to twenty thousand potentially could be forgiven for some of you. Um, a lot of you listening, if you're in practice, probably aren't qualifying for any forgiveness, but if you're still in training or, or a student or something, you might actually be eligible for, for a little bit of loan forgiveness here, just automatically. So if you had Pell Grants, um, you can get 20,000 per person. Not sure how many of you have those. Um, everyone else can qualify for $10,000 worth of forgiveness uh, if you're single, you have to earn under 125000 married, filing jointly. If you're earning under 250000 those are the thresholds. If you're earning above those, you're out of luck. Um, don't complain to your friends who are still eligible because they're making less money than you. They won't <laughs> think kindly of that. But um, we're not entirely sure, but we're assuming that they, they're, they're going to just calculate those figures based on... Your 2021 tax return because it's supposed to just be automatic. They've got your info on file. They'll just look at your tax return from last year. And if you fall under the threshold, loans are forgiven. Um, But uh, anything else there, Rochelle?
0: Yeah. One thing I was thinking about is I think some folks are confused about Pell Grants specifically. Um, Like what? how do I know if my loan is a Pell Grant? Well, your loan is not a Pell Grant. A Pell Grant is something that you would have received likely as an undergrad to help you pay for college. That would have been an outright gift to you or an outright grant to you, and it's need-based. So if you qualified for a Pell Grant, the assumption is that you have more of an economic need or at least did at the time that you were in college, and therefore they're planning to forgive more of your loans. So it for a lot of you this was a lot of years ago (laughs) and you may not know if you got a Pell Grant or not but the Department of Education they absolutely know and if that's something that you would likely need to reach out to them but they haven't discussed a lot about the mechanisms of how this is going to be figured out but they absolutely have that information and I'm sure there will be a way for everyone to double check as well
1: yeah I'm guessing it's going to be kind of like the um, just the stipends that people got from the government during the pandemic, it was just kind of automatic. showed up in your checking account if you had your bank account linked to your tax return. Otherwise, it showed up in your mailbox. Um, so, that's, that's yep. my guess. Could be wrong, but that's just our guess. The other change they made is to um, the income-driven repayment plans. Uh, one that... The, may affect some of you. If you have undergraduate loans, uh, this first one only applies to undergrad loans. Um, you know, Currently, the way it's structured is if you're on pay-as-you-earn or revised pay-as-you-earn, you pay 10% of your discretionary income above 150% of the poverty level, something like that. Um, and then income-based repayment, it's a 15% of discretionary income above that poverty level threshold it's now changing to 5% of discretionary income above 225% of the federal poverty level. So a lesser chunk of your income will count towards that calculation, and a smaller percentage of that actually goes to the loan. So for some of you, that could mean your loan payment, uh, the minimum loan payment could be cut in half, or even you know a third. Uh, of what it was previously, so that'll definitely help for those of you with undergrad loans, if you're still in training or something. Um, the other thing that they're gonna do that applies to all loans, um, regardless of which income-driven payment plan you're on, as long as you're on one of the income-driven payment plans, regardless of the amount you're paying, they're gonna eat the interest uh, above and beyond that, so no further interest will accrue on the loans from, from our understanding of reading through this. So you gotta make your minimum required payment, which, even if it's zero currently until the end of the year, and interest will not accrue further. Um, so for an example, let's say you graduate medical school with $200,000 of student loan debt, and it's at a 6.8% interest rate. So the first year the interest on that would be $13,600, 6.8% of 200,000. Although your first year in residency, your minimum payment depending on where you're at and in your income, you know, your minimum payment might only be like $3 to $500 per month, which is only 3600 to 6000 per year. So the payments you make while you're in training on these income driven plans rarely are even enough to cover the interest that accrues. That's why you know we see a lot of clients traditionally, you know, they start making their payments early on in residency. Their loan balance still rises every year. And then by the time they're done with residency, maybe they started with a $200,000 loan balance. By the time they're done with residency or fellowship, they now have two fifty or 275000 of loans because those income-based payments just weren't even enough to cover the interest that's accruing. Now, supposedly, as long as you're making your minimum payment, it won't accrue further interest, uh, which is nice. So that med student that graduates with 200000 of loan debt should end up finishing residency with 200000 of loan debt rather than, 250,000 of loan debt but uh, is that your understanding as well Rochelle
0: I I think there were portions of this that are still a little unclear to me because some of the the extra changes to the payment structure and interest stipend and things like that were underneath the bullet point point that specifically talked about undergrad loans all all like only but then the bullet points underneath didn't. But I think that it, (laughs) like the stupid thing about this being so brand new is that I think there's probably like needs to be some clarification on a few things. So like the bullet point that talked about the interest type in didn't specifically say undergrad, but the one right above it did. So I'm a little concerned that it might be only undergrad loans. So and that would be a huge difference for most of our clients and most of our listeners. And so that's something to definitely look for some clarity on over the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, I thought. Um, yeah, because the there were
0: a few points like that.
1: Yeah, my understanding, and again, I could be wrong. Like you said, this is brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But uh, the the undergraduate one, you know, it's a smaller required payment, and then but but my understanding, again, I could be wrong. Um, haven't spent. Hours and hours reading through this with a fine-tooth comb, but my understanding is the interest of stipend is supposed to apply to all federal loans, but it may only apply to undergrad. Like you said, Rochelle, if it applies to grad school, that's fantastic. Um, you know, for for those of you that uh, are making those income-based payments, and really, it's it's most applicable if you're not pursuing PSLF, because then when you finish up training, you've got a smaller balance that you could then refinance and pay off faster that way. But if you're pursuing PSLF, as long as you're making, meeting the requirements, it shouldn't matter because at the end of the day, after 10 years, your your loans will be forgiven if you meet the requirements. Right,
0: right but that would be a huge deal for people that aren't doing PSLF.
1: That's for sure. huge.
0: That's a great deal of money. The other thing is that the raising that calculation from 150% of the poverty level to 225% of the poverty level, um, that also didn't specifically state undergrad only. So if that was something that was only for this new payment plan that's 5% of discretionary income, that's one thing. But if they're raising that federal poverty level for all of the income-driven payment plans, for all the ones that we can use for graduate loans also, that would be a big difference too. That would mean, you know, your payments are effectively going to be reduced by quite a bit. So I think that's another thing to keep an eye out for that could potentially be significant for our listeners is just your payment may be reduced just because they're raising that calculation for what is discretionary income.
1: For sure. So short answer, you'll probably see some changes, but... How exactly, Rochelle and I can't say with certainty what those changes (laughs) are, but it should, regardless, uh, it should only benefit you to some degree.
0: Yeah, there's no, there's no way that this new thing isn't, is like a bad thing for anyone other than, you know, maybe it creates some like, gosh, darn it, I'm $126,000 of income and I don't qualify. That probably feels bad, but it doesn't leave you in a worse situation than you were before, you know. So I know that that can be very challenging and like, you know, just disheartening, but, you know, keep your chin up. You can take care of them. Yeah, but I think getting back to the the PSLF limited waiver, that's something we just wanted to review quickly because it is expiring at the end of October. And so that's a really big deal for people who are pursuing PSLF. Um, and right now there there's just a limited opportunity to get around some of the more restrictive requirements that have tripped people up in the past. Some of them being like maybe not all of your loans are direct. So previously you had to have federal direct loans only your federal direct loans would qualify for loan forgiveness through PSLF. You had to work full-time for a qualifying employer. And you had to make 120 payments, not necessarily consecutive, on an income-driven repayment plan like IBR pays you Earn, repay or on the standard 10-year repayment plan. And then you needed... Um, You know, the loan servicer was specifically Fed loans for the PSLF loans before. They're moving to a few other servicers now, like Mohila, and there's one called AidVantage. I think there might be a couple of other ones as well. So previously, if you didn't have direct loans or, you know, some of your loans were not direct, those weren't ever going to be forgiven. And you could potentially consolidate your loans, but that would have restarted the clock. So all of your existing Payments that had counted towards PSLF would have been wiped away. So it just didn't make sense to do that. So what the limited waiver allows you to do is if you have any loans that do not count towards PSLF because they're not direct, so they're Perkins loans or they're FFEL loans or something like that, you can consolidate those before October 31st of this year so that they become part of a direct loan package and become a qualifying loan, but without restarting that clock. So you can still count all of the payments that you've made to date. And that's the big difference. It's like we're consolidating. Now everything qualifies. And we still have all of those payments counting. So we haven't you know, wiped out all the progress we've made. So that's that's a big deal if you have some of those loans that aren't qualifying. Most of the time, it's a smaller portion of your overall debt. You know, most of your loans are probably direct loans, but you may have you know 10 to 20 thousand dollars of loans that aren't qualifying but any amount that you can get forgiven forgiven is obviously very helpful so if you you can do that it's definitely a good thing to do now if you're if you're wanting to do it
1: the other piece of that that's huge and opens the door for a lot of uh attendings that previously didn't think they would be eligible for PSLF is um if you weren't on the correct payment plan either, so one you had to have the direct loans um as long now as long as you were working for a qualifying employer with federal loans, regardless of which payment plan you were on, those payments can now count towards p s l f if you jump through these hoops before the end of October. so if you were on a extended payment plan, graduated payment plan, whatever, we now have an opportunity consolidate any non-direct loans into direct loans, and will moving forward, have to go on one of the income-driven payment plans or the standard 10-year payment plan, you know, go with whatever one results in the smaller monthly payment. You know, for a lot of you attendings, the standard 10-year schedule will be uh, a smaller payment than your income-driven payment schedule. Um... But then, like, you know, if you were in residency for five years on an on a extended payment structure and then you've been working at a hospital for a few years on, an, on and you just stayed on that extended payment structure because you had relatively low interest, you know, you now have eight years under your belt that you could credit towards PSLF. So flip that switch, make sure they're direct loans, get on an income driven payment plan, you now have two lo- two years remaining and then your loan balance will be wiped out. Um, Again, you just have to get all this done before October 31st, and that doesn't mean wait until October 30th to do it, because the website will be crashed then. Do it now, ASAP. (laughs) Like, I would make September, you know, 15th your mental deadline, which I'm not sure when this podcast is getting released, hopefully before September 15th, otherwise that's awkward. But um, but just as soon as you (laughs) hear this, Go tonight and start. You know, jump. In. It only takes about a half an hour um, to log into the StudentAid.gov website. Um, if you need to do a direct loan consolidation, pick the income-driven payment plan or standard ten-year payment plan. My understanding is, um, Mohila is now the servicer specifically for the PSLF loans. I know there's like eight different servicers, but at least on the new PSLF application, it, it lists Mohila as where you would upload. Your stuff too, and I think there's like a clause on that um, loan consolidation. They give you a little note if you're doing PSLF. Select Mohila. Again, I could be wrong. It seems like they change these things up weekly, but um, but that was when I walked through it with, with a client the other day. It showed Mohila and and directed you towards them if you were pursuing PSLF. Um, but yeah, or if you you know even if you've been in practice for the last decade working at a hospital uh, making payments. And you still have a loan balance. Do this you'll get your loans forgiven. Um, submit the PSLF application. you'll need to that's the other step. you have to submit the application to verify your employment. Um, so you know all your past employers that you worked at while you were making payments again nonprofit or government entities pretty much any hospital meets that criteria. Uh, but you'll need to get the employment verification done just to confirm you were working full time at a qualifying employer. And all of those payments that you made while working at that employer should count towards PSLF. So for some of you, you've made more than 120 payments on your loans while working at a qualifying employer. Do this. You can get your loan balance wiped out. Um, it'll take a few months to process, but, but you, you, can get it, you can get your loans forgiven if you, if you jump through the few hoops that they require you to jump through.
0: Yep, I think the PSLF help tool online is is very useful for like okay, what what do I need to do? Because <laughs> a lot of like the the payments and things like that, if you were on the wrong payment plan and that's the only thing that was wrong, those kinds of things were supposed to be corrected. Automatically, if you'd certified your employment and stuff like that. But for most people, it's like if you were on the wrong repayment plan, you probably weren't thinking that you were working towards PSLF, so you didn't certify your employment. You know, you didn't think it counted anyway, so why would you have? But I think that employment certification piece is probably the most important thing for those payments that you maybe thought didn't count. That's probably the missing piece. But the PSLF help tool is very helpful to kind of walk you through that. And then if you have questions – you can always call your loan servicer. Unfortunately, they may or may not be helpful. If they are not helpful, hang up, call back, and talk to somebody else. And like, it's painful because you might be on hold for a long time. But it's definitely like from person to person that you get on the phone. Some people are helpful, some people are not. And that, I feel like that's been the experience with all of my clients. It just really seems like it's hit or miss.
1: Or call Rochelle and I, and we have a number of other advisors at Trinity (laughs) Group that are pretty well-versed in this stuff, so we can help you figure out what you need to do to to get your loans forgiven.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if we know more about your specific situation, it's harder to pinpoint, like, okay, what are the next steps for you?
1: Yeah, if you have federal loans, if you've been making payments on them, if you've worked at a hospital or, you know, for a governmental entity, um... It's worth spending some time looking into this because there's a chance you could get your loans forgiven even if you didn't think you were previously eligible for PSLF. Um, you just got to act quickly because the deadline is coming up in about a month, month and a half, depending on with, when this is released.
0: There was one other thing that I found. I think it was part of the PSLF limited waiver, but they were talking about steering where they felt that a lot of low-income borrowers had been steered towards putting their loans into deferment or forbearance for, um, you know, income-related reasons when really they could have been in an income-driven payment plan and making very modest payments, and those payments would have counted towards PSLF, but because they were encouraged to just defer or put loans in forbearance, then they didn't have qualifying payments. And there, there are ways to potentially say, hey, like I think that I was incorrectly advised to put my loans in deferment when I should have been in an income driven plan. So that's another thing to look into if you you know if you have a period of time where you were in training and you weren't making payments when really you could have and you just didn't realize how low your payment would have been, like that's another thing that you can look into. Um, but I think that's a little harder. Like you have to actually go through some appeal processes and things like that.
1: Keep an eye. On the news for updates, um, a, a lot of these changes here in the last year or so have been made by executive action. It, it didn't go through Congress. It's not formal legislation. Um, they're they're taking, they're utilizing provisions in whatever the U.S. Code of... Con, I, don't, I don't even know what it's called. It's not the Constitution, <laughs> necessarily. Maybe it's the Constitution, but whatever. So... Um, there's a chance all this stuff could change. You know, laws change, regulations change over time. Um, You know, currently, if if you have federal loans, even if you're not a qualifying employer, if you just make income-driven payments for 20 or 25 years, depending on the type of loans, if you have a balance at the end of that, they're supposed to be forgiven. That was part of a law that was enacted back in 2007. Um, so we haven't, no one's reached that 20-year mark yet, but, uh, from 2007, but, uh, you know, that could potentially change in the future. So who knows? A lot of stuff evolving, but I think for a lot of you here, there's opportunities to potentially get your loans forgiven immediately or within the next handful of years if you, uh, if you get on, you know, the, the, the right track with the PSLF limited waiver here, um, So uh, I definitely encourage you to to take advantage of it if you if you think you might be eligible.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. One important thing to note with like the 20 or 25 year forgiveness that's not related to public service is that um, it's taxable. So, you know, if you have two hundred thousand dollar loan balance at the end of 20 years and you have to pay taxes on that. That's not awesome. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe it's better than the alternative. I don't know. But that's definitely something to keep in mind. We're going to include a few resources in the the show notes this time around. So if you, if you click on those, we're going to include a link to the Department of Education subscription page. You can actually subscribe to updates from the Department of Education. Like, hey, anytime something happens new with federal student loans, I want to get an email about it. And it's helpful to read like news articles, listen to podcasts, all that kind of stuff, because they give you a little bit more nuance. But I think if you can get information directly from the Department of Education, that will likely be maybe not the most clear source, <laughs> but it is straight from the source. And, you know, if there's not clarity at the beginning, I bet they will be following up with additional clarity in, in the future. And every time there's something new, like, hey, there's here's this new form you need to fill out that's where you're going to find it is from the Department of Education. So that can be really useful just to have, you know, some information that's coming straight from the source. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, I think keep your eyes on the news, too. That I, I think there may be some legal challenges, especially to to just, you know, very broadly forgiving a chunk of loans for a lot of borrowers. Um, yeah, I think that there's not a whole lot of precedent for that. So it, it's very difficult to tell exactly how smoothly this is going to go moving forward.
1: Yeah, we shall see.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Good luck, everyone. Have a good one. We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group LLC.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP, Instagram at Corey Janoff, or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on Instagram, Vandersanen Rochelle, or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle Vandersanen.
1: Check out all of the podcast episodes on thefinitygroup.com slash podcast on our Finity Group YouTube channel or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our Financial Clarity blog at thefinitygroup.com slash blog.